Welcome to Voices from the Valley, a podcast of the Community Foundation for the Fox Valley Region. I'm Amy Spreeman, and today's episode is the first in an ongoing series of discussions about housing in the Fox Valley and how we can overcome the challenges specific to our area. Joining me in the co-host chair today is Jenny Krakava, who is our Community Engagement Manager and is a member of something called the Outagamie County Housing Strategy Task Force. Welcome, Jenny. Thanks, Amy. Yeah, high-quality, stable housing is central to health and well-being, and over the course of this year, we'll be taking a deeper dive into the complexities of the current housing situation in our community. In just a moment, we'll be hearing from Kara Holman and Sadie Natali berta about the Fox Cities and Greater Outagamie Regional Housing Strategy to give us the landscape and set the stage for our future conversations. Well, first we want to tell you about a recent dialogue, a Fox Cities housing forum that took place in the fall of 2022. And Jenny, you were the MC. You were there. Tell us about that. Yeah, that was a great opportunity to bring the work of the Housing Strategy Task Force and present the housing strategy to the broader community. So we invited the municipalities, other members of the community to come and hear that strategy from the folks involved. And we were able to close that with a a call to action from our CEO, Kurt Deachin, along with Peter Giannopoulos, President and CEO of United Way Fox Cities. Well, we're excited to hear about that. So why don't we get to our conversation with Kara and Sadie? Here's what they had to say. Thanks for joining us. Let's begin by having you introduce yourselves and sharing your role and how you are involved. So I am Sadie DiNatale Berta. I am the principal planner for Outagamie County, and I work in the Development and Land Services Department. And I'm Kara Holman. I'm the Community and Economic Development Director for the City of Appleton. Recently joined the city. I had been with Outagamie County in the director role for the department that Sadie's at. All right. Well, talk to us about housing in the Fox Cities and in, in the Fox Valley area. Why do we need a regional housing strategy here? So I'll take that. So when I was with the county as their planning and development director, we were, you know, in the midst of recovering from the pandemic, but we've been hearing undertones about the need for affordable housing and, and housing supply for quite some time, but it had really kind of come to a head during the pandemic. So, um, you know, just in discussing with stakeholders out there in the community, whether it was business leaders, employers, individuals, employees of mine, finding housing is becoming more and more difficult, not just for what folks traditionally think of as those needing affordable housing, but we're talking about workforce housing. So recent graduates, nurses, teachers, et cetera, it's becoming more and more difficult to find housing at the right price point and of the right type for, you know, any individual in the community. A task force was recently convened to tackle this issue. Who was around the table and what do you all want our listeners to know? Yeah, so we actually um, invited a bunch of people from different sectors. As I mentioned, the nonprofit, public and private sector, folks who had experience working in the housing space as either developers or housing providers or individuals working in community and economic development. Yeah, we have a, a video of that, and we're going to share that on our in our show notes today. So, uh, listeners, you can go to our, our show notes for this episode, and you can actually listen to that that forum. Uh, so tell me a little bit about the study and, and what was found. Uh, what did you talk about at the housing forum? Generally, we found a couple of different housing needs. One was across the board, we just need more housing supply. 
And then when we looked at that a little bit deeper, we realized it was supply for households across the income spectrum. So very low income all the way to moderate and high income housing need. We also found a need for housing in affordable housing in high opportunity places. So that would be in great neighborhoods that people want to live and work and raise their children in. In addition to just a need for more housing, we also need housing of different types. So of different sizes and essentially housing to accommodate different households. So from seniors who might be looking to downsize to younger households who are looking to start raising a family and are looking for a homeownership product. So as somebody who's new to this uh, conversation, help me understand why do we need more housing? Is it a population explosion and suddenly we don't have it anymore? Is it a finite resource? So we, when we looked at our housing need, we um, did some analysis to forecast what we might want to anticipate. And we calculated that based on how many new households do we expect to move into this area over the next 10 to 20 years. And we used a backward projection. So we took a a historical forecast and realized that, you know, if we continue to grow as we have in the past, we're going to need more housing units to accommodate those new individuals. But we've also been historically underproducing housing. So even if we weren't planning to grow our population, we would still need housing just to meet current demand. So to build on that, what what types of housing do we need? You know, you're talking about the different, the changing, you know, landscape and the different types of housing needed. So, like, what types of housing do we need, and and who needs it? We need every type. So, from single family units to smaller homeownership products such as townhomes and condos. We need multifamily units, not just larger apartment buildings, but duplexes and triplexes and quadplexes to accommodate all different types of people and their wants and preferences. Yeah, And in terms of the changing demographics, I know we also have an aging population. So how does that play into our housing supply and, and need for housing? So one of the challenges we're seeing out there in the marketplace is there are, you know, I'm thinking about the generation that my parents live in, the baby boomers. You know, they they might be living in a single family home that they either built or bought, and they might still be living in that house that has three or four bedrooms. And it they're finding difficulty in transitioning away from those homes. Um, some of them may still want to live in those homes, either because they have a really favorable mortgage rate. But in other cases, when they're ready to move on, often they're not finding that next home ownership product that they're looking for, such as a condominium where they can still live in a unit where it feels like a single family home, but the maintenance is taken care of for them. Their inability to find that product for the next portion of their life is not freeing up the houses that they're currently living in for families that need to move up to a slightly bigger home. Yeah, and, and it, it sounds like a, an opportunity for somebody out there to build these complexes and these these single units for the aging, because the baby boomers are all, you know, the youngest of us are uh, turning 60 this year. It's absolutely an opportunity. And I think there are builders that are coming into that segment of the market I think oftentimes where they find difficulty is finding either land that is suitable or finding land that is zoned appropriately and in the right locations. Yeah. The increasing costs of housing has really impacted everyone, it sounds like. We all want to just wave a magic wand and create new apartment units and new housing units that people can afford. Now, is this naive? 
It is nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought so. <laughs> It's, it's, it, I think it's definitely a goal that we all want. We want it to be easy. Um, but having been in practice, I've been practicing planning and development for over 15 years. The complexity that goes into taking a development project, in this case, housing, from concept to design to purchasing the land to actually getting it built mm-hmm. takes many years and there's a lot of risk involved. That process alone is on top of the situation we're facing now with challenges with supply chain, cost inflation, interest rates. Um, it's compounding the issues that were already there. And of course, we, we know that things are tight right now. We just went through COVID, um, inflation, uh, and things that we can't afford seem to be skyrocketing. That's really played into it, hasn't it? It sure has. Um, it's definitely played into it. And on top of that, the housing market hadn't even yet recovered from the 2008 crisis. Um, a lot of the workforce that had been building homes up through 2008 was lost either because the market fell out, they joined a different labor sector, they retired. So we hadn't quite even recovered from the 2008 recession. And then with everything that's happened with the pandemic, it was almost a double whammy. There's just not enough supply being built. Yeah, we, we don't see a lot of construction going on. I, when I drive around the Fox Valley, I don't see a lot of houses and apartment buildings and, and construction cranes and, and supplies being brought in. Is that is that a true um, statement? Or? You know, actually, there was quite a bit of construction happening over the last two years. But with that said, it wasn't enough to keep up with demand and to catch up on the undersupply that was created after the 2008 recession. So I guess going back to some of those earlier questions, how many units are we talking here when we're talking when we're talking specifically new units, right? Like Yeah, so when we did our report, we were looking at the 2020 to 2030 period and we estimated between almost 11,000 and 18,000 new units over that wow. period. So the question is where do you put them? <laughs> and how do you finance them? Yeah. No. Where so. do you put them? How do you build them? Of what type? What location? What neighborhood? What community? Mm-hmm. It's tricky. Lots of big questions. Yeah, yeah. And complex. Yeah. So we've been talking about a lot. We're you're hearing a lot of barriers. What are the biggest barriers we face right now in the Fox Valley to address and meet our housing needs? Well, we named a couple of them with finding the right land, so suitable land that's zoned to allow for these diverse housing types that we're talking about. We also need to make sure we're inviting our communities in because their willingness to be receptive can definitely hinder or help a project. I think, you know, on top of that, one of the other barriers playing off of your um, comment on acceptance is helping the community realize that what the need is for housing and that when a new housing development is proposed that might be different than the traditional single family neighborhood creating education, awareness, and helping communities be excited about meeting the needs of their fellow peers in what might look like a different housing type, whether it's a townhome, a duplex, is a huge challenge because you don't see a lot of the other types of home types that might be more affordable to build happening right now here in the Fox Cities. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about affordable housing. That is a really complex conversation to have, and we're just going to touch a little bit on it when we come back. 
A region with a vibrant arts community is a great place to live, work, and play. My name is Joanne Mariahazi, and I'm an Appleton artist. Many generous individuals have set up funds at the Community Foundation for the Fox Valley Region to support arts organizations, including photography, music, art shows, programs for kids and seniors, and more. You can set up a fund and support the arts or whatever cause you're passionate about. Learn more at cffoxvalley.org. The Community Foundation for the Fox Valley Region works to strengthen our community today and for generations to come by helping people, businesses, and organizations make a difference in the lives of all. Get in the loop. Stay informed about what's happening in the Fox Valley through the Community Foundation. Our blog shares stories of impact about the arts, education, community improvement, healthcare, human services, and the environment. Sign up at cffoxvalley.org backslash loop. See how giving matters. It's a huge issue in our community, but now we have the opportunity at a single point in time to make a change. What, what do you want your community to look like in 50 years? In a couple of generations from now, what do we need to be able to build toward? If we decide as a Fox Valley region that this is something we want to tackle, it'll get done. But we have to educate and share the story. And this is just a start. Let's keep going. You've just heard a call to action from United Way's Peter Giannopoulos and the Community Foundation's Kurt Dachin, encouraging people in our region to ask, what's my role in helping make our communities an affordable place to live for all? That was from the recent Fox Cities Housing Forum, and we have the video of the entire presentation in our show notes today. Now let's get back to the program. We are back with Kara Homan. She is the Community Development Director for the City of Appleton and Sadie DiNatale Berta, and she is the Principal Planner at Outagamie County. Thank you both for sticking with us, and uh, we're back talking about housing. We want to talk about affordable housing. Do we need to define that term? What is affordable housing? Um, so we use a indicator called cost burdened, which is an indicator that defines affordable housing as a housing cost that is 30% or less of a household's income. So you take the income of all income earners in that household and you say 30% of that total is what people should be able to afford for a mortgage or rent. Exactly. And what we're finding is that increasingly households are spending a lot more than 30% of their income. In fact, it's especially burdensome for renters who I think it was almost 40% of households in our region are considered cost burdened. Yeah. And it's really hard for renters. Um, I've heard them say, you know, look at that building over there that just went up. It's supposed to be, you know, we're supposed to have more housing here and we can't afford the skyrocketing rents. We don't know who can afford to live there. Where is ours? Yeah, I think it's an assumption that apartments and multifamily housing is more affordable, but increasingly, and especially with new construction, it is not necessarily affordable. I'd like to talk about misperceptions um, folks have around affordable housing and do some myth busting. I know people, some people hear that term and a certain picture comes to mind. And here we're hearing that 40% of renters in our community fall into that category of this cost burden and in need of affordable housing options. 
Well, a few of the misperceptions that some people have are that affordable housing isn't going to look good. It's not going to fit in with a neighborhood. So architecturally speaking, it won't be as appealing. Other perceptions are that it might hinder the property values of the neighborhood if new housing stock is placed in there that looks different than single-family detached homes. Are you finding that there's an attitude then in the Fox Valley about, you know, kind of not in my backyard, uh, we don't want that here? Um, I think the the nimbyism, the not in my backyard, it's not unique to the Fox Valley. It's something we see here. But you see that fear of different land uses next door. It's a nationwide issue. Still a real one, though. Absolutely. Yeah. A, a challenge that you have to face as you're considering these different options. Absolutely. So, Sadie, who in our community could benefit from more affordable housing options? Any household from very low income to moderate income can absolutely benefit from affordable housing. These are individuals who might be hotel clerks, hairstylists, roofers, those in the construction industry, nurses, teachers. They all would qualify for affordable housing and could very much benefit from having more diverse housing options being built, such as smaller single-family units, townhomes, duplexes, those products that are typically more affordable than your larger single-family detached home, we have missing in our housing market right now. We sometimes refer to these housing products as missing middle. Missing middle, where, okay. Yeah. So they're the housing types that aren't in a large apartment complex, but they're not a large single-family detached home either. So let's go back to the study that you were speaking about earlier. What are some of the key learnings that um, you would like to share with our listeners? I think one of the key themes that we realized putting this study together is how important it is to get a variety of people at the table talking about what our housing needs are for the community and really getting together to, to collaborate on solutions we can't solve our housing problem by working in silos, so we do need to really get together and learn from each other and educate the community. What are you excited about, like, going on at a statewide level or locally? Yeah, so we have communities across the United States and Wisconsin working to solve these issues. For example, Door County is working on a land banking program which is a program that's designed to acquire land to purpose it for affordable housing. We also have Sheboygan County's Economic Development Corporation working on an employer-assisted housing fund, which involves getting larger employers together to put money into a fund that can then be used to actually develop affordable housing. Those are really exciting things. What are you most excited about as you're getting together to just start these initial conversations? I think what excites me is when we pulled this task force together to create this plan, we had stakeholders around the table that had never come together all as one group. Um, what I mean by that is we had realtors and home builders talking to human service agencies who are also talking to government planning and development professionals. And we'd all been struggling with this issue kind of on our own. But I think what's exciting is that there appears to be a coalescing of all of the right movers and shakers to potentially move this ball forward in our community. We've never done that before, have we? I don't think so. <laughs> I did, not in my time. What kind of feedback from the participants have you heard? What I heard was um, 
just great excitement and thankfulness that these conversations were happening and hope that the momentum will continue. And if I could chime in here, so I got to be a part of that group that got pulled together. And it was, it was just like Kara described, it was so exciting to see the diverse stakeholders at the table that hadn't been there before. And I learned so much. And there's such a desire by all of those folks that were involved to continue um, staying connected on this issue. What are some next steps then? You, you had this forum. What can we tell our listeners? So we have gotten several working groups together to start working on some of the recommendations in the plan. So there was 19 different recommendations, and we are going to start chipping away at them over the next couple of years. It's been exciting to see all these stakeholder groups, and I'm sure after hearing our conversation today, there's a lot of our listeners who are now thinking, what can I do to get involved or engaged? So how can the broader community learn more and get engaged on this issue wherever they are? I think one of the best ways to get engaged is, you know, oftentimes this issue of um, nimbyism or land use or rezonings, you know, an ordinary person isn't even aware of what's happening until they find out, you know, the parcel that's next to my house is changing. I think the best way for individuals to get engaged is when you hear of something changing in your community, I would encourage everyone before they jump to conclusions about what might be happening, maybe take a step back, take the time to reach out to that city planner who sent you the notice to find out what more about the proposal you can learn and how they view um, it may potentially benefit the community from a community vision and long-range perspective. I think it's also important for community members to think about how the need for affordable housing may impact them someday. They might have perfect housing now, but they may have children that grow up, and we all would want our children to move on eventually, right? But if they can't find affordable housing, what does that mean for you? Or when you no longer want that single family home and you're ready to move on to something different, if you can't find it, what does that mean for you as you want to age in in a house? Um, It's really just, you know, people need to be open to the continuum of housing, how that affects their loved ones and themselves someday. If somebody wanted to learn more about what we talked about today, what are some of the resources that they can find online? Well, we have our housing strategy online, which includes all of our recommendations and a bunch of data to dig into to learn a little bit more about our community and our housing needs. I think another place that, you know, just a general public can look is if you live in a community, whether it's a city, village, or town, the likelihood, especially if it's one of a population of ten or 15,000 or more, you probably have at least a city planner or a city planning staff. Um, they're always a great resource that you can go to with specific needs on the or specific questions on the housing needs of your community. Sadie, Kara, thank you so much for joining us for this important conversation. And thank you for your leadership and your work um, in this space to help us get more housing for our for our neighbors. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Well, Jenny, what a great conversation about a very difficult and complex subject. And we can all get involved in some way, can't we? 
Yeah, I really appreciated Kara's comments in terms of as simple as thinking about what affordable housing means to you. And another thing we encouraged at the forum um, is also looking at the strategy. There are actionable items for many different segments of our community. So taking a peek at that and what jumps out to you, what do you think you could have a role in or organize people around? Yeah, at the very least, we've got resources to uh, to definitely learn more. Well, thanks for co-hosting, Jenny, and for your role in convening these conversations. Thanks for having me, Amy. We're going to do a deeper dive about this issue in future episodes, but we hope this discussion gave you something to think about and some hope for the future of affordable housing in the Fox Valley. We've got quite a few links to the resources we talked about today, and you can find them by going to cffoxvalley.org backslash podcasts. You can subscribe to this podcast and get all your episodes delivered to you wherever you get your audio. We'll see you next time on Voices from the Valley, a podcast of the Community Foundation for the Fox Valley Region. 